0: Hello, For the King listeners. I am not your host, Rocky Ramsey. My name is Will Drzymski, a brother in Christ and friend of Rocky's, whom he has generously invited onto the show in order to verbally showcase my artwork to you in 50 seconds. As an artist, I strive to accurately reflect the glory of God in everything that I paint, and through that process, I hope to flood as much of the earth as possible with paintings, which accurately proclaim the undeniable fact that Jesus is Lord, and the creation which he made commands us to worship him. So if you would like to join with me in distributing clean, refreshing artwork showcasing the creativity of the God who made us, I would be overjoyed to have your help. I run my own website called Reflected Works, where I showcase the artwork I've done in the past, sell original paintings and prints, and take requests for unique commissions. Once again, that's reflectedworks.com, all one word, and I'm looking forward to helping you further the kingdom of God right now here on this earth by putting some of your free wall space to productive use. Thank you very much for your kind attention, and now enjoy the show. Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve Him or not, whether you bless Him, curse Him, hate Him, or love Him, He is the Lord of your life because God has given Him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that He is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you, and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Friends, welcome to the For the King Podcast. I am your host, Rocky Ramsey, and on this podcast, we proclaim the edicts of the king, namely and chiefly that Yahweh reigns, so bend the knee to him. Do it now. I am joined this episode <laughs> <laughs> with um, Brother Bryce, per usual. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Good. And we are also joined with... Jason. Jason. Brother Jason. And this um, episode, we're going to be discussing the idea of how important it is to be a good and faithful follower and how needed that is in our present um, time in history, in church history. We have lost this emphasis on building up good leaders in all the full range of society that the Lord has placed us in. So not just pastors. Yes, you ought to submit to your pastor and be a good follower in that sense. And we'll talk about the local church level, but we want to expand the conversation to also include things like, can you rally behind good Christian scientists, people in the civil sphere that are leading in political science and political discourse, um, People just in politics, maybe holding uh, a public trust an uh, office. Um, academics, writers, people that write novels. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that society is led, and w- this episode is going to be dedicated to advocating that those types of positions are only enabled and possible with a huge amount of followers, right? Um, Elon Musk could not do what he does without all the people that rally behind him and his cause. Or uh, Joe Rogan. Why, why is Joe Rogan hold so much sway in our society? Because millions and millions of people follow him and listen to his podcast. Okay, So that's what I'm trying to advocate for. We're so fractured in the West in our church. And we just had a recent episode about how disunified we are in the West. And we want to can, kind of continue that conversation and advocate for... The brothers that are doing this kind of work, even if they're an Anglican, even if they're an Episcopalian, even if they're um, not in your tradition of faith, you, if they're doing good work in that realm, we need Christians there regardless of some of these secondary issues, right? So that's kind of how I want to frame and set up the conversation. Do you guys have anything you wanted to add getting into it?
1: Um, the formal doctrine that we're talking about here is really – it's called elitism. It's recognizing that elites are a necessary part of society that needs, you have to have elites in order for a society to function. You can't merely just have grassroots movements. Grassroots movements are very good, and we should seek to have reformation happen mm-hmm. uh, at the local grassroots level. Yeah. But at the same time, you also need elites. Yeah. You see this all throughout Israel's history. Yeah. You had to have the king and the priests and those who were over the laity, you had to have them walking in righteousness and the people following and supporting them in order for the society to thrive. So you really need to have both the elites and the the laity, the elites and the grassroots movement at the same time. You can't merely just have the grassroots or else it'll always fail. Because you have to have elites, you have to have leaders. Leaders are a necessary function of society. Um, just as being a follower or of those elites is necessary. Yeah, exactly. You can't have a leader without a follower. Exactly. Um, it's it's an oxymoron. Yeah. It's impossible. Um, yeah. Think
0: about Absalom stealing away the hearts of the people. Yeah. You mentioned that this morning. Um, how was he able to do what he did? Could he have done it with no followers? No, he couldn't have. He, he could, it could not have happened if the people's hearts weren't stolen away. Right. It's that vital that you be a good follower and select men to follow that are wise and godly. Uh, Jason, do you have anything to add before we kind of really get into it? I just think
2: uh, if you're going to, a good leader is going to learn how to follow before he becomes a leader. So I think that you have to have the humility to um, to learn from those who have gone before you and, mm. and to not uh, exalt yourself or put yourself in a high place before you've learned to be able to follow yourself. So, yeah. All your good leaders had good leaders before them. So, learning how to follow before you can lead and understanding how people are, and, um, you'll gain a following just by how you lead your life eventually exactly. at some point. But we can't all be leaders. So, we exactly. really have to
1: be able to follow as well. Yep. Great and this point. is an early point brought up by even in the American Revolution and to the Constitution of the country. Like, it was already seen that. You need to be 35 and older to yeah. be the president. And why is that? Because you need to have experience under your belt. Yeah. That's why uh, Peter, yeah, right. uh, in First Peter, he talks to the young men in the congregation. He says, submit to your elders. Because young men are going to be so prone to not submit to their elders and want to be leaders themselves because yeah. they have strength. Yeah, exactly. Right? Young men are... Their glo- uh, uh, glory is their so strength. Their glory is he's their great. strength. The glory of an old man is his gray hair. Exactly. What he's learned. So... A young man can show uh, true godly um, leadership qualities, like Jason's bringing up, when he does submit properly to those who are right. above him, yeah. and knowing that he, uh, if he does this correctly, if he takes the low seat, he will in the future be asked to, to yeah. take the higher seat. Yeah, I guess
0: that's a, that's a big point of the podcast today. Like we need to learn in the West as Christians how to be good followers, um, and really like put our money where our mouth is. Um, and leverage what God has given us for his glory by rallying behind the leaders he's provided to us. Um, so yeah, first let's start with the local church level. The The local church is that small outpost of the kingdom of God and it has a hierarchy to it. Um, and as you, as a member of your church, you know, you ought to submit to your elders um, and the things that are lawful and biblical, obviously. Um, and be faithful there, uh, and learn what it means. Like Jason was saying, how to how to be humble and to be a good follower. Um, that's where it starts. So if you want your, if you love your pastor and you think that he's doing a great job, the best thing you can do to him, as a as a leader, is to be a great follower. To continue yeah. to um, encourage him and um, exhort him to continue to lead well. That is his service: is leading well. That, that's how he's serving. Um is by leading well. So really the first rung in all of Christendom in the West is going to be the local shepherd and elder. And is he leading well? And his leadership is only going to be amplified by good followers, humble church laity. Um so that's I think where it starts. Um any any thoughts there? I think that's that, that one that one's very clear. And that's a struggle for brothers and sisters all across you know, Western Christendom. So we need to, we need to start there and then we can move out from there. So wh- wh- where do we go next? Um, you know, if you're a part of a church tradition that has a higher hierarchy than that, then you also need to submit to those elders and a presbytery or an Anglican system, the, the bishops, the priests, um, that kind of thing. So be, be humble where you're at, wherever you find yourself and be a good follower and support them. Now, when we think about, um, What I think is very important in this conversation is going to be civil leaders. Right now, we're at a time in church history where there there are no, hardly any, public, civil leaders across the whole face of the globe that are godly Christian men. It used to be a thing. It's not a thing any longer, unfortunately. So how do we create an environment where men like that are raised up? It seems to me like right now in the West, we're so fractured and divided and divisive that we can't rally behind one guy if they're not exactly agree with us theologically on everything. And I think that's an issue. Um, Aaron Wren just had a good article about why Catholics and, and Anglicans are so good at this this creating elites, creating an elitist um, leadership in the higher echelons of society the other traditions are not good at that because they're just they're not as structured and they don't have an emphasis on that so my plea is we need to start considering regardless of all these secondary issues how we can start rallying behind you know maybe the the anglicans the protestants that are doing a good job and start moving towards that um so what what do you guys think
1: really what you're tackling there is we need to be people who are seeking to build institutions that are not necessarily at the local church level right like we need to be yeah. building educational facilities um, we need to be like like in the uh, old school uh, protestantism we need to be building up hospitals yep. we need to be building up uh christian businesses in your society christian political uh, activists like stuff like yeah. that so when it goes to building institutions Uh, We would be foolish to think that if all it takes to build a Christian institution is to have a leadership structure established for an institution. That's that's stupid. Yeah. You have to have people who are backing that institution. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's the same thing with with missionaries, right? You know, Christians love to point out that there are those who are uh, uh, sent. And there's those who are sending, right? Christians love to point that out. There's people who are supporting missionary efforts, okay? Because there's people who are called to go uh, cross-culture missions, right? And they ought to be supported well enough, well good, you know? So when it comes to building institutions, it's the same exact mindset. You might not be equipped with uh, all the rigor of classical education, but yet you are a carpenter and you can support uh, somebody who is building such an yeah. institution that you deem to be exactly. well good, you know. Yeah. So that's the sort of mindset that we ought to be having, recognizing the station in which you live and also seeing how you are connected as an organic body to these other members of Christ's kingdom who might have a gift for being having an incredibly scholarly-like mind. Mm-hmm. So these brothers ought to be supportive that they can get a very high level of education that they can uh, have time to write material, to read, yeah. uh, to start putting forward scholarly, yeah. uh, a scholarly yeah. voice yeah, exactly. in the society, right? Yeah. And this is the pretty much the marrying of both the grassroots movement and the elitist together. Yeah, exactly. Right. If somebody uh, uh, feels as if they are gifted for running for political office, they should be rallied behind by other Christians who may not have the same sort of gifting. Yeah. And then these leaders shouldn't be pointing at the followers and saying we need more leaders or the followers shouldn't be pointing at the leaders saying vice versa. You know, like that's, we need to have an attitude of building up people who are trying to act in accordance with the giftings that God has given to them. Yeah. So we really need to recover this mindset of yeah. Lifting up God's gifted people. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. I,
0: yeah, I totally agree with that. We like, I, what I'm kind of thinking of is having a fund in your church to support something like that, you know, like it it is a, it's a tough place when a, when a church is, you're not going to do much culture building if your church can't even support one pastor, right? Like that stinks. The goal of the church should reach some kind of maturity where you get to the point where you are making a political thinker, somebody that engages in civic civics at a academic level somebody that can refute evolution because they have a PhD in biology from an Ivy league school and demolishes it, you know, um, defends six day creationism. Like we need to create more academics that can defend these kind of ideas. And it's, and it's, you would hope that would happen through the church, um, because we are presuppositional in our thinking, like they're going to, if they're going to do it well, it's going to be in a presuppositional way. Um, so I don't know if that is helpful at all, but, Eventually, you'd want you'd want to open up some space like that in society. So I guess that the goal was just: can we be followers that continue to support those that are that are like engaging in that? Um, so I think we found some people that are starting to do that. I think a great example would be um, all of the brothers in in Moscow, Idaho. They've created an institution. They have a for-profit public publishing house called Canon Press it's not a non-for-profit it's not even a, it's not even tied to it's for-profit it's not like it's a ministry it's literally a for-profit business but they're providing resources for the next christendom you know um, or even New St. Andrews College um, First Things magazine Touchstone magazine these are places where they're getting together the experts in some of these fields that are Christians and supporting them and creating a space for them to talk um,
2: but I think so, the reason why they are so successful is because they've got leaders who are willing to engage the political realm. Yeah. Exactly. And I think where the western church specifically here because um, I've heard this from pastors they, they don't want to touch on politics because of their so-called misunderstanding of separation of church and state. Yeah. So when you're 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 your shepherd of that local congregation if he's not willing to speak into the political realm then and if you're your your sheep are not educated enough to understand um, even what that encompasses they're going to follow him, yeah uh, and they're probably not going to be as engaged to it as they should be or paying as much attention to it as they should so I think it the reason they are making an impact, even though it might be small, is because their leaders are willing to to engage that exactly, and that needs to be more um, emphasized I think across. The country yes. i mean i just I there's a lot of when what we saw in 2020 was uh the complete opposite of what we should have seen we saw pastors bowing mm-hmm. the knee to bail and, and and embracing wokeness and dei and mm-hmm. and all of these things when they should have been doing what these guys in in, in moscow were doing taking exactly. a stand and being vilified and being hated because yeah. they were actually doing what i think would be a biblical response to the tyranny
1: yeah
2: and our our pastors mm-hmm. and i'm not i don't want to generalize and say it's a hundred percent it's not it's like yeah. generally speaking there's a big misunderstanding of separation in church and state and thinking well right. i can't ever i can yeah. never speak to the political realm because of this yeah. misunderstanding and i think yeah. if we can get back focusing on pastors being more brave more willing to be bold to speak out publicly knowing that they're going to be vilified for it mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen Either men in your church are going to be, they're going to want to follow more men like that, exactly. not for the sake of just being rebellious, yeah. but in their minds, they're men. They want to see things improve. They want to, they want a better life for their children, for their wives. Exactly. Um, so you're going to, you're just more willing to follow a leader who is more bold as exactly. one who is bowing to everything exactly. that's new. Yeah, cool. I think
0: uh, well, What I wanted to tap into a little bit there, you were kind of getting at the, the myth of neutrality. The guys yeah. in Moscow don't believe in that. Yeah. They think all Christ for all life. Yeah. So a lot of Christians have bought into that. Like, oh, why would we want to produce an elite uh, PhD in biology to refute evolution? It's all, it's all neutral. Biology is neutral. You know, wh- why do we even need to do that? Why can't we just find some like conservative thinker like Jordan Peterson that can just represent conservatism for us? Because everything's neutral, right? You know what I mean? So yeah. there's a, there's this like this modern day spirit of neutrality where not everything needs to be subjected to, to Christianity. And yeah, what we're trying to advocate for is we need elites in every field that are presuppositionally Christian. They're going into it as Christians and creating a coherent worldview with Christianity in mind in those things. And you brought up specifically politics. Like that's, what's appealing about Moscow and that um, vibrato, you know, of mm-hmm. being strong and standing on the scriptures in every area of life. And, You know, I just want to, I want us to think about that with even other areas. We need more Christians in every, like we need more good biblical novels, good stories. Like why is every novel, why is Stephen King, why is he, why is he getting so many people reading his books? You know, he's a pagan. What, what good story does he have to tell? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently a lot of people like it because our hearts have grown wicked and we like bad art now. Right. So that's just a few points. The myth of neutrality, I think is a big part of this. Um,
1: And another layer of it is, uh, I mean, we hit on this a ton, but patriarchy and masculinity, Mm -hmm. you can't build, men are the builders of society. And this might offend some people, but women just cannot be elites. It doesn't work. Anytime a woman, like you see uh, Nikki Haley right now, getting just absolutely obliterated by all these different Republican candidates because Women just don't make good elites. Why? Because God didn't make them like that. Yeah. And that's fine. There's no issue with that. We should be lifting up people who have these particular giftings. Yeah. God has not given women the gifts of being elites in society, but yeah. he has given men those gifts. Yeah. So kind of Jason pointed this out uh, and with what he was saying. In order to have these builders of societies, it's a basic prerequisite that you have men and families backing them. This is why the American Revolution was so vital. This is why the Reformation was such a big deal because it really recovered uh, families away from the cloisters and the monasteries Uh and the monks and nuns. It It had families backing it, right? That's why it was so successful. So we need to recover again masculinity, Um, stop having such an effeminate church and getting men in the doors because if we continually have a larger... Uh, consumer base or i guess maybe a larger uh, base of churchgoers being women we will never build elites totally. and Protestantism <laughs> will continue to just wither away yeah. why because again women just don't make good elites yeah. they try to but it just doesn't work well yeah so if we really recover again our masculine heritage you're going to still get all the women but you're going to have the masculine husbands with them mm-hmm. but if we keep catering to effeminate christianity you'll get all the women and you won't build society at all and you'll just die out a couple of generations. Yeah, exactly. So the best way to go about this is to get men. <laughs> I know. If the men come in, if the men come to church, women come too. If the women just go to church, then well, you don't get anyone, get anyone else. Yeah, you won't get anyone else. Like and that's just that's just the facts. That's yeah, what that's happens. And that's why you have these different uh, groups that are so effective with building elites because they have they're more national in their thinking. Yeah. They have more men who are a part of their church systems. They have more money because men make more money than women typically, not because there's a barrier, but because men typically just get paid more because they do better and different types of work than women. So just all these basic factors really are pretty important. Yeah. So you can't really deny these things.
0: No, you're right. Yeah. I think the patriarchy point is going to be, that's another big big ticket item um to be a good follower you need to find men to rally behind that's what men want like that's really the whole point like we're this podcast is like trying to exhort all of us how can we be better followers so we can rally behind the people that god's trying to raise up but none of us have gotten behind them there's been men that have come and gone that could have if they had the people behind them the lord has the lord's always got a remnant he's always got men that can rise up literally at any moment like there's William Wallace's out there and all they need is the men to get on board.
1: So, so and think about this too. Like, okay. Go look this up. There's a guy named Muhammad Hajib. Okay. He's this uh very active Muslim spokesman. Okay. He's like six foot four, he's really big, and he has this you know everything going on with uh, you know, Israel and Palestine right now, you know, regardless of what the views are out there, one one fact is you have a this guy standing up in wherever he's at, I don't know what area, and he's giving a rallying cry, okay? He has no shirt on, he's super masculine looking, <laughs> and there are thousands of these Muslim men surrounding him, yeah, okay? Chanting. And they're chanting on, they're loving it, yeah. okay? what's What seems more influential and terrifying? That, or you have a very, uh, uh, uh Slim Jim, slinky little dude who's getting up and having a talk about how women aren't being paid enough, how women need to be run, uh, ruling yeah. society yeah. and all their women, all these women are screaming out in their high pitched voice, like saying, yeah, yeah. You know, what is more influential? Yeah. What influences society? Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, the Muslims are going to come and kill and slaughter all these feminists yeah. before they have any opportunity to make a change in society. Yeah, exactly. Like that's just the matter of fact. Yeah. Why? because they have a masculine-based religion, which is natural to the way God has already ordained exactly. the world. Yeah. So if we're going to combat, like f- feminism, isn't, that's no big deal. What's a big deal? Are these super masculine Muslims? Yeah. That's what's a big deal. Yeah. Like that's the type of, that's what our battle is. Not these little slinging little yeah. <laughs> gay boys. Like that's not the yeah. issue. <laughs> yep. They're not going to affect society because they don't have men on their side. Exactly. And that's yeah. why Daily Wire is such a big deal and why daily, why? Here's an interesting thing. Andrew Clavon, you know him?
0: Yeah, I think so. He's on
1: the Daily Wire. Yeah. He just had Douglas Wilson on really? his, uh, his his podcast. And it's interesting because Douglas Wilson's having a rallying cry of all these men backing him. You know, I know. there's Jordan Peterson just had the speech somewhere and some guy's like, when are you gonna have a talk with Doug Wilson? I know. Like people are starting to get on board with these things. So yeah. like um, Christianity has a wide opportunity to make its cry. Yeah, we're and just shirking to it. Bring forward its elites, yeah. and all we need to do is just keep pressing on with it. Press keep supporting it. Exactly. The, the good, godly elites in society. Yeah, exactly, like, pushing them, saying in the crowd, "What are you going to talk with Doug Wilson?" Exactly.
0: Yeah, you know? like until Doug, Lord forbid, gets assassinated. Like he's my guy. Like when I look at all the elites in evangelical Western Christendom, it's like Doug's the guy that stands up for what I what I agree with. So that I'm always going to have Doug's back. If I'm in public, I'm always going to stand, you know, oh, what what, do you like Doug Wilson or something? It's like, yeah. He's the only dude that says it straight. That's an actual solid Christian man and not not some, you know, pagan like Andrew Tate or Joe Rogan. It's like men rally behind Jordan Peterson and all those guys because they'll just shoot straight. You know, they just say what's got to be said, but they're pagans. And in the end, it's still slavery. But Doug comes with the gospel. You know, it's like, that's what we need, like, more Michael Fosters, more Doug Wilsons that will just shoot straight. And those men, I'm just going to be honest, they need a larger following. If you don't like those guys, it's, that's an issue. Because those are like, when I think of, well, who's the main masculine dudes representing what masculine Christianity should look like? I'm thinking Doug, I'm thinking Michael Foster, I'm thinking the dudes, you know, hasn't um, i come in mind. Them. I know. Yeah. I, it, when I just like, when I hear these guys talk, like Scott annual, it's just like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's got some good theology. He's, you know, he's Calvinistic, you know, good. He says right things, nothing's wrong, but there's not that like masculine presence that men are looking for. Mm-hmm. So I think the masculinity is an important piece. Like Aaron Ren's a good example too. Like he'll just shoot straight. He'll say what needs to be said. And he's just, Aaron Wren's a great example of, like, if you don't know Aaron Wren, go subscribe to him. He's not even a pastor, he's a layman, but he's a um, he's a he's a, a public thinker. He is a public voice for conservative evangelicalism. And he's like a consultant for cities. He helps with city planning. Like he has a whole professional career where he excelled at. And he's not even speaking from like a theological perspective. He's just having good Biblical thinking on certain topics. He lives in Indiana. And he, yeah, yeah, he's in he's in Indianapolis, and he lives in Carmel, um, which is cool. So, th- I, I think yes, we need more like solid, more uh, national Christian leaders, someone like Doug Wilson. But I'm almost thinking more someone like Aaron Rand, like more like a public intellectual. That's kind of more like we need more of that. Because really, the only people that are doing it well right now are Catholics. Catholics have a ton of people that are that are in, in yeah. Um, um, intellectual circles yeah. that speak at a high Fred, level. Aiken,
1: like, yeah, they have or these Matt guys, Knowles, even Matt the Daily Wire yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, right.
0: there's really, like, there's oh, not a I, real I, strong we, Protestant we voice on Daily need Wire. Need
1: like C.S. Lewis's. Lewis, yeah, Lewis is a great man. example. He was just Tolkien, a straight up scholar. Tolkien yeah. too. Yes.
0: You know, he's Catholic, but. but
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean? do?
0: What yeah, do? what yeah. do you do?
2: But you can't, but don't you think you gotta, we're talking on a really, really big level. Yeah. The majority of Christians are not, the position to able to really focused on a big level. I takes, I mean, tremendous amounts of money to even, even to get into a, elected like a governor race. I mean, so I know yeah. I know Michael Foster has touched on this and, you know, county before country and yes, you got to start local. I think that's
0: why I mean, we started with local church. You got to start yeah. with
2: a local church, but I would go even further back from that is that it has to start with him. If you've got boys, you know, and uh-huh. then you, let them be boys, you know, yeah. and then show them how to curtail that anger and that strength and that energy in a correct and appropriate biblical way. Yeah, and raise them up in the church. We got—we exactly. didn't get into this mess overnight. All this—all this rebelliousness that we're in—and this is just my belief: is that can God grant repentance over, overnight and change things quickly? Yes, if He wanted to. Um, but I also think that we reap the consequences. We reap what we sow. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that we should throw in the pound defeat. But I do think that we are in a position to where we're, we're probably going to enter into some really, really difficult times because of our neglect to be faithful yeah. with all the blessings that God poured out upon this country. We got fat. Christians got lazy. We got apathetic. We lost our zeal yep. for holiness within this land. And now we're reaping what, we're, what we've sown over the course of the last 100, 150 years. Yep last you know, really specifically in the last seventy to eighty years. Uh-huh. But my point is, is that we've got to start back at an individual level and start working our way back up. And it totally might be agree. some decades before we see it's some totally serious agree. progress again yeah. to where we once were. Yeah. And I think a topic that needs, I think we should discuss is how do we respond when we're reaping what we've sown? How do all we right. reply to that? How do we respond to what's falling, you know, falling in around yeah. us? Yeah. I and mean, all these guys are speaking into it. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to start small again yes. and start building out from there. Again. Yeah.
0: Well, which is like, I guess this episode is it's more goals. Like, like you're right. saying, like we got a lot of work to do before we're creating mass amounts of public intellectuals, but we got to have goals. Yeah. We got to have like, like men need something to aspire to. So it's like, yes, yeah, start with rule yourself, rule your family, you know, and then rule at church. Sure. If you have that, you know, whatever you need to do at church, right. Yeah. To be a faithful follower or a ruler. So start there, start at the local level, dominate your county, you know, that kind of thing, and then move out from there. But we got to have goals. It's like something to aspire to, Um, especially if you're-
1: Moscow, Idaho didn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah, it did not. It did not.
1: And so- that's kind of what we're getting at. Is like, what's the practical level? Kind of like mm -hmm. what you're pointing out. The practical level, level is be faithful in the time that God has placed you and- do what you can with what God's given you. Exactly. Like with what little resources you have. Like, yeah, you're not, al- by yourself, you're not alone going to build up these huge institutions. It's impossible. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a goal in mind. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And you practically build it up. And I think that's a really good point you're hitting on that, Jason, yeah. is that's kind of, that's the method for how we do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. it's going to take a long time. Yeah. But even still, we're called to do it. Yeah. You know, exactly. so we should be faithful with what we got. Yeah. And, and you, uh, you, trust God to bless it.
2: Yeah. And you you may not see the, the, you know, reap those rewards later, yeah. but you know what? You, you set the foundation for those to come in behind yeah, you. Yeah. You. you were
1: faithful with magic, You know, the, the tree did not uh, give forth its blessing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will rejoice in the Lord. Exactly. Yep. Thank God and my salvation.
0: Yeah. So this is um, goal setting. You need to just, I guess, the goal is I hope you leave from this podcast having that category in your head. That we need to start moving towards that if we want to see Christendom rebuilt. Now how's it happen? The things Jason just laid out, it starts there, but we need to understand. like y- you're not even going to if you don't know what you're racing towards, then you're not going to really know where to start, right? Like you got to enter the race and then know where you're going. So if you're not trying to like if everything's going to hell in a handbasket and who cares? it's like you're not going to really try to like build up your family in such a way where you're passing on an inheritance to your children's children so they can build the institutions that you had hoped for in your life that were you were able to in your 80 years that you were here you know you got to have those goals and then start small and the the big goals are never going to come to fruition unless you start with the small stuff so
1: yeah, the concept of Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, Rome was built in a day. Cathedrals weren't built in one generation. Yeah, that's uh, that's c- cr- cities and societies uh-huh. weren't built in one generation.
0: It is crazy to think about with the, with the cathedrals in, in the medieval times they they would hundred plus years like they would start it and pass off the baton to their kids and be like, man, I would have loved to have seen it, but yeah. you you guys are good to see it. Keep going.
1: Imagine losing the, the blueprints. Yeah, <laughs> like oh my goodness. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like shoot, we lost the first version. Like what are we like, is there supposed to be a tower there or what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Looks like there was that was the start of a tower, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's how we need to think. So um, I think we'll wrap up there. The encouragement is be a good follower where you're at, rally behind the men that are on this path that ha you can tell they have the goals in mind. Um, and aid them and financially support them and talk about um some of these public figures. I mean, Christian, especially young men, they're looking for men to rally behind. If you know young men in your life that are kind of floating, it's like, suggest some of these guys we named off in this episode that they can rally behind. These men are going to help them. I know I've been helped greatly by these men. Um, So I think that's, that's the, um, the exhortation walking away, be a good follower. We're never going to get good leaders if we're not good followers. Never, ever. You have to have people rallying behind you if you're going to be a leader. So be a good follower and find the men worth following and then and then follow them. The Lord's put put men to, to rule over us. Let's be faithful. Um, I think that's it. Any last thoughts? Okay, thanks guys. Um, as always, you can go to forththeking.substack.com and see the, my blog. Um, keep up with that, things that I'm writing um, and engage with the podcast there. I have a, a link for... Um, my email in the show notes if you have any comments or suggestions on anything that was said thanks for listening guys the king of the ages immortal invisible the only god be honor and glory forever and ever amen soli deo gloria